0: Talk Radio 96.7. It's after five on a Friday. and That means it's time to pull out those Bibles and ask the preacher. With John Freed. Ask the Preacher brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. God mercy on me, on me.
1: God mercy on me. Ask the Preacher. Here's John. Well, Good Friday. Well, not that Good Friday, but it is a Good Friday. November the 5th, the uh, the first day after the biggest mandate ever placed on mankind. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about it some. By the way, uh, George Locke is in the studio with me again today.
2: Hey, John, thanks for having me. Yeah, glad you're here.
1: And uh, George will be here next week as as well. And uh, you know, there's a there's a lot to uh, to talk. I thought I didn't I mention that I sent that to you in a text. Whoops! Did you... I'll be here next week. <laughs> Tune in; it'll be awesome. Uh, we'll talk about that more later. Um, there's 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 much to talk about, folks. And um, listen, I I want to uh, remind you that there is really never a reason to despair. Um, there are a lot of reasons to get mad, but then you can just do something of, about it. Remember, Jesus said to be angry. He did. He he gave a command. He said, "Get mad about yeah, it." Yeah. Uh, just don't sin. And uh, so anyway, there's a there's a lot of be lot to be mad about. There's a a, a lot to uh, act about, uh, you know, respond to. and uh, how we respond becomes very important. I, I, I will tell you that God has amazing wisdom, all wisdom. and he's got amazing peace. Uh, he's got amazing strength. And so I could imagine that there are many people who may be listening now to say, I don't know what I'm going to do come January the 4th. Uh, well, we'll talk about that that some today because uh, God has a plan. He, he will take care of you. Uh, he will help you. He will lead you between now and, and then. Uh, we'll talk about all those types of things. But um, as uh, Eric already mentioned, my name is John Freed. I'm pastor at Believers Fellowship Church. We're up on the north side of town. Our website's believersfellowship.com, so you can look us up. Love to have you join us uh, for for services on uh, Sunday mornings at 9 and at 11, Wednesday nights at 7. We have something really that happens just about every day of the week. And, uh, but right now you're listening to Ask the Preacher. If you would like to call in, if you have a question or a comment or you just want to yell at George, you can call 682-1430, area code 863 682 Fourteen thirty. Glad to have you listening today, um, George. So around uh, our nation, this last, this past Tuesday, just a few days ago, it was a, a, another election day. Um, some amazing things happened all over the country. It's uh, pretty awesome that some uh, no-name trucker would um, yes. <laughs> would beat the, the politician. <laughs> spent $153 and <laughs> yes. beat a career politician. <laughs> That's pretty That's amazing. Awesome. That is awesome. Um, to me, that is no credit to the man that spent $153. <laughs> what it is, is it proved a sure defeat by the other guy that used to sit in the seat. Um, they the, the left has just proven themselves to be disconnected with society, and uh, society is finally finding its voice and doing doing some stuff
2: you know, voting. I hope, I hope that's what it means. I'll, I'll, I'll stay I hope so, optimistic yeah. and uh, go with that. But you know, it's a, it's a lot of people might ask, well, let's ask the preacher. Why, why are you guys talking about politics on ask the preacher? And I think it's important to clarify that, you know, we look at the early church and the disciples and whenever you look at their encounters with the world around them, mm-hmm. people would say, are these the men that turn the world upside down? These people, you, you know, Hey, they're not swearing allegiance to the emperor of rome here they, these guys they're talking about some other king who's not not king caesar you know it's yeah. uh what they were doing was seen as overtly political because they truly believed jesus had all authority and they lived like it and so you know as christians and and modern times, we should be living like Jesus has all authority. I mean, if that's what we say we believe, that's what we should should be acting like. And uh, part of that involves he has all authority, including in the realm of politics. We should be voting as he would vote and being engaged um, so that people would say of us, are these the Christians who turned the United States upside down and, and brought it back to a... Uh, constitutional republic that believes in the ideals espoused by nature's God of liberty and justice. And so that's why we're talking about politics here. uh, Yeah. If you can
1: imagine, if if Jesus is Lord of all, well, that would mean he's Lord of politics too. So what part of our life uh, would you say that Jesus, what part of your life, and ask the listener here, what part of your life would you say that Jesus is not king of, that Mm -hmm. he is not Lord of? So if he is not Lord of your politics, then you have, I suppose, a right, it's wrong, but if he's not Lord of your politics, the way you would view the political world, the way you would vote, the way you would whatever, if he's not Lord of that, then fine, don't involve politics within your life. But that means... He's not Lord of all. He's not Lord of of that aspect. That's pretty sharp.
2: Yeah, uh, that's ouch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, these breaks come up so super fast. I, I wish they didn't, but uh, you guys are just going to have to, uh, you know, call and email Eric behind the controls there and say, uh, "Hey, let's let's make this change." No, it's never going to happen, folks. We got to take a break. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. The phone lines are open. Eight six three six eight two fourteen thirty. One more time. Eight six three six eight two. Fourteen thirty. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher.
0: This is your chance to have a Bible question answered. It's brought to you by Believers
1: Fellowship Church. Ask the Preacher. Here's John Freed. Welcome back, everybody. Glad you're listening. Uh, we hope to be a blessing to you in today's program. Um, you know, we, we don't have but so much time. I, I wish we had one of those three-hour programs daily. Yes. Uh, like Dan Bongino or the great... You know, past Rush Limbaugh had, or but um, anyway, so we only have actually about forty-five minutes of clock time with you. So I guess I better better quit wasting it. You know, we could talk about the vaccine, we could talk about the mandate, um, but there's uh, really nothing better to talk about than than Jesus. Um, but yet you you'd get a lot of people that I, I guess I want to say this: who really is Jesus, and not just who is that man, Jesus, but who he, who is he to you? George, who is he to you? Who is he to me? Who mm-hmm. is he to, to each individual listener? Um, because Jesus can take on a different picture to different people. We can paint our own Jesus, if you will. Um, but the Jesus of the Bible is a very clear, precise picture of who he is and what he stands for. Um, and not just who he was during his 33 years of physical existence on the earth, but who he was before time, during time, after time, uh, who is the eternal Jesus, the Son of the living God. And uh, when when we were talking during the break, we talk about, you know, it's about the kingdom of God, and Jesus is the king of that kingdom, uh, and, and so this is his kingdom kingdom, and he's given us dominion on the earth to to rule and to reign, and we don't reign with an iron fist and a sword in our hand. Jesus said, they that live by the sword will die by the sword, so we don't go around uh, as, a, as a vigilant army, um, you know, chopping off heads and creating acts of terrorism like, uh, you know, some of our counterparts uh, in the Islamic culture uh, might do, but uh, you know, it's a it's a kingdom of of peace, but yet that can be misunderstood.
2: Yeah, it's it's a kingdom of peace, but not a kingdom of weakness. You right. Know, it's, uh, it's a kingdom of love, pe- but not think, weakness? people think meek with an M is the same thing as weak with a W, and it's not. You know, I got a four year old son. I got three sons, but the oldest is four, and I'm constantly reminding him it's okay to be aggressive. It's okay to be a boy because men are strong and we're fierce and, supposed and we're to tough be. and we're protectors and we stop bad guys. And, and you know, that call for strength and boldness is so lost today. You know, yeah. it's all about well, toxic masculinity. Oh, we, you know, men can't be men. And I'm not talking about vulgarity. I'm not talking about right. being crass or crude. I'm talking about being a real or man being with violent. standard and principles. Well, even violence. I mean, it, violence <laughs> well, is, violence can be a good thing, right? I I'm mean, talking took, about it, inappropriately. You don't get right, beaten your in, wife. That's right. not in a, manhood. Inappropriate violence is wrong, but appropriate yeah. violence is how we stopped Hitler in World War II. Yeah. You know, appropriate violence, men being men, or how bank robbers are stopped. You know, so yeah. violence isn't necessarily bad, but uh, you know, taking it back to his kingdom, the very first thing God says about man he says it twice. You know, in the Bible, there's something called the law of first mention. When something's mentioned the first time, it's significant. And in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, he says, let man take dominion. Military term means to subjugate, to bring under control by force. It says, God talking about man says, let man take dominion, be fruitful, multiply. And then again, in verse 28, he repeats it. Let man take dominion, be fruitful, multiply. We are supposed to subjugate the world for righteousness it is not good that the world is led by unrighteousness and unjustness that's horrible yeah but at times it 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 happens because good men do nothing we allow it to happen and so going back to what we said before the the break the gospel has always been about his kingdom you even look at jesus himself john Uh, The Baptist, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's always been about him as the ultimate authority. And, you know, it's not just his authority as my personal Jesus, you know. You had the Johnny Cash song, my own personal Jesus. You know, everybody wants him to be Lord of our private, you know, spiritual, in the closet, don't be too boisterous religious life. But he is Lord of everything. Yeah. He's supposed to be the absolute authority before OSHA, before the federal government, before uh, pastors, before anything you can think of. Jesus of the Bible is the ultimate authority. And I think that's really important of the Bible, because as you mentioned earlier, uh, there are many people who say, my Jesus, my Jesus never condemns me. My Jesus never tells me that I'm living wrong. Well, yeah, sure, your Jesus doesn't, but the Jesus of the Bible, sure the living yeah. God made flesh, uh, that Jesus, he has a standard and his standard is perfection and righteousness. And it's written out for us in his in his law in the Bible. And, you know, he gives mercy and he gives grace, but he's also a God of power. And we need to make sure that we're living in that. And it's not a harsh thing. It's a great thing. It's like I going back to my son. Uh, my children, I have four of them. They're all under the age of seven. They go through those times where they act up, and they know that when dad says, stop it, it's time to stop it. They don't always listen, but they know the general idea. Right? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I still love them. And, and after every time that they get disciplined, I do you still love me? And they say, yes. Do you know that mommy and daddy love you forever? yes. And I reassure them that there's love and there's mercy and there's protection, but there's also a standard of living.
1: Yeah, and we don't often recognize that discipline is the exercising of love um, until down the road when we're grateful for the discipline that we received. (laughs) Uh, So you could look at it the other way and say if somebody did not receive the discipline later on down the road, they are struggling and, and experiencing pain and trouble and turmoil in their life. Because someone didn't love them enough to discipline them when they were younger. So now they're experiencing the, the, the result, the fruit of an undisciplined life. Um, you know, if you saw people driving off a bridge to their demise, uh, you would, by, by your love for them, you would warn them, say, stop, don't do this. Uh, so,
2: you know, to be... Especially if I'm in the car.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, especially if you were—this uh, will bring us into something else we won't be able to, to finish by any means before this uh, bottom-of-the-hour break coming up in a few minutes—but um, but especially if you were one of the ones in the car and were able to stop and save your life, or the life of your family that's in the car, mm-hmm. you wouldn't just sit there in the car and say, oh, I'm so grateful we didn't go over the edge. A, a good person— would get out and fl- wave his arms and, and you know, scream and yell and flail across the road. Stop! You'd stop the traffic, you know. Be warned of the impending danger. There's doom just a few feet ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, largely, you know, those are the types of things that we're hitting on, today even concerning what's happening in our nation and around the world with with the mandates and the vaccines and, and the, the the stuff going on uh, and you say well why are you if if you loved people wouldn't you be telling them to take the vaccine no, no no what we're actually doing is saying don't you see the trouble that's just a few feet down the road just a few weeks away a few months away whatever the case might be Um, You know, we have to wake up and see this stuff now because it's not going to slow down if we don't make it slow down.
2: As the saying goes, uh, freedom is only one generation away from being lost. And uh, it's being tested in our generation for sure. And, you know, whether you're for a vaccine, any vaccine or not, that's not the point. The point is mandating a medical procedure. I think that's the slippery slope um because when you trade your liberties for temporary security uh you're never going to get those liberties back yeah. and it's uh you're also not going to have Neither security yeah exactly. so it's it's not going to work out too well for you and you know it's it's unfortunate that we're even at this point where this is a debate but it is a debate and it happens in every generation just you know it's more dramatic in some instances than other. You look back in you know, 1914 and Woodrow Wilson and there's things like the federal income tax. Well, you could argue that that's a loss of uh, liberty because it taxes your ability to make money and to excel. And so, you know, that was a minor case of it, but it, I think it's vitally important because Jesus because the God of the Bible is a God who loves Liberty where the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty Liberty is freedom with responsibility so if we as Christians say that we are full of the Holy Spirit and that he is our ultimate authority and where he is there is Liberty if we are not promoting and advocating for liberty there's something wrong yeah you're either yeah. not serving the God, who literally where he is his presence is liberating so you're either not serving him or you're, you're serving you know a different god of some kind or
1: yeah your your own god remember the old the old uh, bracelets and they're still around but the wwjd what would jesus do and um i remember when that was running around i remember some conversation about it my dad said something that i thought was really good he's like well, i wish they'd make a bracelet that that says wwwd I'm like, what? <laughs> what would the Word do? Hmm. Because exactly how you were talking about um, the, the Jesus of the Word, you or me, we both were, um, you know, if, if people paint their own Jesus, then they can make Jesus say anything they want to. But the <laughs> Word is written, and it doesn't change. And so what would the Word, what did the Word, what does the Word say about that? What does the Word of God tell us to do? And so when we come back we'll we'll talk more uh, about this and uh, we live in interesting times and if there's ever a time to believe the bible it's now there was always a time but it's still the time to believe the word of god you're listening to Ask the Preacher my name is John you got George in the studio as well we're glad you're with us we'll be back in about 7 minutes with more
0: Welcome back to Ask the Preacher Brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. They're located in North Lakeland off North Socrum Loop
1: Road. Ask the preacher. Here's John Freed. Welcome back. Glad you're listening today. Um, again, uh, as Eric just said, Believer's Fellowship Church up on the north side of town. Believersfellowship.com. And uh, we might be what might be considered to some a little bit different of, of a church show. We 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 kind of believe what we say. Um, and you know, that can be different in today's world. We're not cowards. Uh, I try not to be rude, brass, brash, whatever, rash, whatever the word is. Uh, and I don't try to just insult you, but um, but there is uh, this 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 problem with sinker, seeker sensitivity that we have in our in our culture. The American Church has really become quite weak. Um, you were talking about that earlier, George, the, the misrepresentation of meekness, the misrepresentation of love or even kindness. Um, and, uh, you know, I had a message this past Sunday that I talked about um, uh, social acceptance, and I really was dealing with the COVID vaccine. Is really what I was dealing with was the uh, a message that we put out on our church sign that said, we promote Jesus, not vaccines. And the, the basis of that is to say, as the church, our job is to exalt Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. As a Christian, our job is to exalt Jesus. Uh, we made several references already today. Jesus is king. Um, all hail the king, Jesus. Yes, yes. And so our exaltation is not man. Our exaltation is not man's devices. Our exaltation is Jesus Christ, and and we preach Jesus and in Him alone. Um, he is the answer. We used to say that at the end of this program, at the end of uh, at the end of the hour, we would say Jesus is the answer to all life's questions. Well, why would we say that? Well, because He is. It comes across as cliche, maybe even a little light and trite, but it's actually. Very sincere and very deep. He is the answer. Um, the, the problem I think we have in life, and I have this problem too, is I don't want to take the time often to become intimate with Jesus uh, to find out the answers that he has. Sometimes there are easier ways to get answers, but in the end it causes, I'm going to use this phrase, it causes leanness to our soul. Uh, the children of Israel— Back before they had a king, you know, we think about King David, but before King David, there was King Saul. Before there was King Saul, there was no king. And the children of Israel wanted a king, and they pressed God, give us a king. We want somebody just to, just to tell us real simply what to do, what not to do. Basically, I'm making it easy here. Um, and God says, yeah, no, this is not a good idea. You don't, you don't really want that. That's not what's best for you. Why don't you let me guide you, me lead you, rather than a, a man, rather than an individual? And they kept pressing for it, pressing for it, and God finally said, okay, I'm going to let you have a king but here's the problem: He's going to send your sons to war. Mm. He's going to tax the tar out of you, steal your goods. Uh, you're going to lose your your wives and your daughters to the king's harem. Uh, you know, all of these types of things are going to happen. This is what happens when you have man government instead of God government. Um, and so, but they said, Nah, we're willing to pay those prices. So give us the king anyway. And guess what? They paid those prices. But the uh, one translation says, if I give you a king, it will cause leanness to your soul. What does that mean? It will make my soul skinny. It will make my soul famished or frail, if you will. And one of the signs of end times is spiritual famine. One of the signs of the end times prophecies, if you look at the the, the book of Revelation, uh, one of the things that you see happening is a great falling away. Uh, you see spiritual famine. You see um, people that are supposed to be spiritual people are not strong in spirit. They actually become very weak and very dependent on somebody else to do a job for them. They've lost that intimacy and touch uh, with God. And so it's um, it's very interesting to see history repeat itself in a variety of, of different measures. And so w- one of my goals, something that is just kind of driving me right now is to motivate people to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, not the power of our own might, but in the power of His might. And one of the ways that we do that is through the Word of God. It is the, the well, the old funny phrase back from probably 70s, 80s, it might have been around a lot longer than that, but that's when I heard it, basic instructions before leaving earth, the Bible. It's, it's, it's the, it's the road map It's the rules for morality, the rules for ethics, it's the rules for economics, it's the rules for government, it's the rules for education, I could keep going.
2: It is the constitution of his kingdom. Uh, That's what it is. It is the constitution of his coming kingdom, and uh, so, you know, if you want to be a, a good Uh, citizen of his kingdom, you should probably know his constitution. You want to be a good American, you should know the American constitution. And also the Bible. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) mean, it's true. In the the revolution, uh, one of the the great cries was no king but King Jesus because they were obviously rebelling against King George III and uh, they did not like his authority. And the United States was a unique place because it was man being governed by God and God's nature. uh, And Granted, 52 uh, of the 55 signers of the, the Declaration of Independence, they uh, they were all active members in their church, and of course there were different denominations, and so they might have had slightly different doctrinal views, but they understood one thing, that man ruling over man with impunity is a horrible, yeah. horrible thing. But when man can be governed by the morality of the God of the Bible, and we know it's the God of the Bible because that's what Washington said in his farewell address, Uh <laughs> you know so you had patrick henry give me give me liberty or give me death also famous for saying that this nation is not a nation of religious people but it's founded by christians and on the gospel of jesus christ so it's vitally important that christians are not passive in being citizens of christ's kingdom which is coming to the earth but that we're not passive in this current world that we're in yeah. whether you're in the united states or canada or wherever you're at be actively involved bring the world under dominion for righteousness.
1: When Jesus prayed what most people call the Lord's Prayer, um, it was actually a prayer that Jesus modeled for the disciples to let it become their prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, he said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Well, who does his will? Jesus said, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Um, he said in another place, Who is my father or my my, my mother and my, my right. family, my brother? Um, but he who... Uh, does the will of my Father. So we, uh, in, in the book of James, now we're talking after the life of, of Jesus, after his death, burial, resurrection, and ascensions. James says, Be ye doers of the word and not just hearers, deceiving your own selves. That word, deceiving, in some translations, it says diluting, making yourself watered down, or making yourself weak or famished, skinny, no muscle to who you are. We have to be doers of his, of his word, not just hearers only. It, it, is the, it is incumbent upon us to act upon what is righteous, to do what is righteous. Matter of fact, we're, I don't know where that scripture is, but uh, it, it, it's a question that says, well, who is righteous? He that does righteousness. Mm-hmm. He that does righteousness. So, you know, man, we're just, I guess we're, we're trying to stir you up today to say, you know what, it's about time I stand up. It's about time I, I I push back on on some things and and not be uh, um, quiet and get get pushed over and because what we really are uh, do is we allow others to be injured in, in the process and somebody needs to stand up for for what is right and it's happening all over all over the country um, and I think we're we're part of it and I'm happy to be so. You're listening wow. to Ask the Preacher. We've got to take a break here about two minutes. We'll be back with more. Um, well, nobody's called in today. That's okay. We must be saying a lot of good stuff, and they're just happy listening. But if you do want to call, the number is 863-682-1430.
0: And now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher.
1: Here's your host, John Freed. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. And what does it mean to stand? Well, that's a scriptural reference out of Ephesians uh, chapter 6, but um, I'm sorry, chapter 5. Uh, no, it is chapter 6, 6, uh, 18, 12, 13, 14, 15, all the way into 18. Anyway, um, so, but, but, stand. so we, we left this uh, last segment and I'm talking about, uh, you know, hey, we got to, we got to stand up and people need to defend each other and, mm-hmm. and uh, speak up for each other. And, and, uh, so it's, um, ah, we have a caller. We'll come back to talking about stand. Yes. In, in just a moment. Uh, hello there. Welcome, James, to Ask the Preacher again.
3: Yes, uh, this is James from Auburndale. I was just uh, listening in. And I now, see, I George, know, he
1: says, he says Dale. He's happy to say that he's from Arbundale. I am
3: proud to say I'm from <laughs> Um The situation uh, as far as uh, bringing people together and all that, there's something that uh, – I don't know if you realize it or not, but the, you remember that truck driver that just won a state senate seat or something like that mm-hmm. over this congressman that's been there for years that was just voted on? This person is a truck driver, someone who just got off the truck and said, I'm going to go and vote for Congress, and I'm going, I'm going to run for it. And I look at it this way. I wish that we had he off. 400, uh, excuse me, uh, what is it? 100 uh, truck drivers so we can be able to have them in the Senate, 435 truck drivers to take the House of Representatives, and thus the type of people that will be running our country are people who are just regular people, not congressmen. And why I'm saying this is that I, put, I see that God touched that man to run because he saw all the corruption that was going on, and he wanted to do something. So one
1: person – Joe the Plumber, remember?
3: And, and that, I remember Joe the Plumber, too. I remember that story. But I'm trying to say is that here's this truck driver that really and truly people in, I think it was West Virginia or wherever it was, uh, they backed this guy up.
1: Yeah, yeah, they did. Well, they yep. backed
3: this guy up and said, okay, we'll just take a simple person and put him in the office, and guess what? He's in.
1: Oftentimes, James, and this is really what you're referring to, it just takes one person to do something. There's a bunch of people looking to their left and to their right and saying, I wish somebody would do something. Well, everybody ends up saying that. Well, all it takes is one person. So if one person steps out, all of a sudden there's 3,000 people that will follow. I
3: wish that there would be more like that truck driver to step up and say, hey – um, and especially the school board situation, instead of hearing these people go and talk about the, the grievances, how about someone that's inside the uh, the school board say, hey, uh, sir, behind that desk, I'm taking your position, next voting period, uh, people vote for me. Right behind that person, say the same thing to the next person. That yeah, say, hey, that and person that's there is there, some of that happening. Taking, I'm, taking yep. I'm taking your seat. You will see people change real quickly how, from bad to good, we can go, and within one Voting
1: cycle. Yep. And we, we actually see some of that coming up. Uh, I, I know of uh, three different people running for school board. Um, you know, that, that race isn't around here yet, but it's coming up next year. And, uh, you know, people, regular, I'm going to call them regular Joes and regular Sallys, whatever, uh, they're saying, all right, we've got to change this thing. And unless, unless us regular people get up and do something, nothing's really going to get done. So you're, you're absolutely right, James. But, but Tom, what, what,
3: what about this? Stuff? What about – why is it – when do we have to have – I'm trying to say the right words in the right place here um, – why we have to have uh, a bad administration and then a good administration and to take care of the bad administration. Then another bad administration comes in. It's flip-flopping back and forth, back and forth. If we got a good policy, if we have a good uh, representation already in Congress or whatever, why don't we not keep – the, what's inside like for example the second amendment don't touch it what's in the constitution is written that way you don't touch it
2: yeah, yeah well, I, I think policy is downstream though of people's worldview and so you know having this flip-flop that you're talking about that's the cycle that we're on we need to get off of that cycle but the only way that's going to
3: in other words, get off of that cycle. Itself. Is we need to. I don't want to see history repeat itself. To well, go true, fast. but yeah.
2: So what we got to do, and that's a great point, James. And thank you for calling. Uh, some some really valid You're points. I, th- I think the, the important thing is uh, yes, we got to have regular people involved, like this trucker. Everybody listening, see how you can get involved in your local uh, forms of government.
1: You got to speak up. Don't be cowardly. You got to vote properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 everything is really directed. From the grassroots effort. We don't we don't realize that all the time, but we actually run this country from the grassroots effort. Um, It's it is not run from the top down. It seems that way and it moves faster that way. It is a slower process to do it from the ground floor, but it actually is how it's done. The reason why faux Biden, I mean, uh, Joe, Joseph Biden. (laughs) Faux, as in fake. Anyway, um, sits... I
2: understood the reference. I call him worse. So.
1: Okay. <laughs> the reason why he sits in that office is because the people on the ground allowed it to happen over time, and so we have to change the ground. We have to change the grass. Uh, we have another caller on line. Joe, welcome to the program. Are yeah. you there? I'm Tom. Oh, you're Tom. Hi, Tom. Hello. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine.
0: Now uh, yeah, I, I, I wish I could have heard all of that conversation. I heard your part of it, bits and pieces because this is very similar. It, it kind of segues to it, and uh, you know, you're talking about people standing up and doing something. Uh,
1: we got about a hundred seconds before we go off the air. Well, before we have to start right, closing.
0: I, I think I'll make it really quick. I think if the pastors were as concerned about making god happy with the sermons as they were the people in the church so they would come back next week a lot of this would go away really soon
1: oh come on you're ringing my bell man you're singing my music yeah absolutely um you you absolutely nailed it on the head and that's what george was saying a minute ago and that's how we change if this is a culture problem it's a morality problem uh the reality is we have lost our christian culture in America,
2: that's it. You, you all, all laws, every oh, they law don't know, they don't know comes what, out of morality. They don't know what it is. They don't know what
0: it is. They haven't heard it.
1: We've but stopped preaching you, the you, unadulterated you, you, gospel in the pulpits, you can, and, exactly, and so because of that, you know, we have a problem.
0: John, John MacArthur calls it easy believism, and that's a that's a two words that very quickly and appropriately describe what you're taught today.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: no, nobody. Nobody looks at that, that pesky little verse, you know, where Jesus said, "If you want to, to live in heaven, you must do the works of my Father." I don't ever hear a preacher telling a person that they're a Christian, that they're a priest, and their high priest is Jesus. I mean, he's the boss.
1: Well, you just he's don't come. To, you to don't do. come to Believers Fellowship. That's why you don't hear.
2: North Road, come a loop. <laughs> Believers Fellowship on <laughs> Tom, Th- I Thanks, Tom. Thanks, <laughs> Tom.
0: I talk about things like that, and and in, in our church,
1: and people look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you are, and if you talk about it that way in your church, then you're as crazy as I am. We're crazy together, brother. I'm, I'm. It's a, uh, it's happy to. I tell you what, Tom. Can you hang on the line? Uh, I'd I'd love to talk to you for just a moment, even after we go off the air. I'd like to send you something, just to send you a gift, to say thank you for uh, for sure. calling today. So just uh, just hold the line, and and uh, we appreciate That's it. What I'm All right. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, okay, I lost my train of thought for a second. So anyways, folks, um, I, I, I want to uh, just invite you to go to our website, believersfellowship.com, and, and find the link that will bring you to our to our services. I, I preached a message this past Sunday and this past Wednesday, and I dealt with um, – we promote Jesus, not vaccines. That was That was Sunday. I dealt with the issue of social acceptance on Wednesday night – um, I, I dealt with this issue, the violation of my conscience and the COVID-19 vaccine. I, I dealt with the idea of, of my conscience being violated, my conscience being governed by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God, how the COVID issues, the vaccine, the mandates, all of that kind of stuff violates my, my conscience. And, and folks, I, I want you to know you will stand before God. Um, I won't be standing with you. Neither will your pastor. Neither will your wife or your brother or your mother. You stand before God alone. Um, you have to have a strong conviction as to who He is in your life according to the Word of God and live with the utmost integrity. I just want to challenge you with that. Don't be a chocolate soldier. Don't be a fake Christian. This is, uh, this is time for real men, for real women, people made in God's image to stand up and be righteous in this world. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. My name is John Freed, pastor of Believers Fellowship. Visit us online, believersfellowship.com. George, thanks for being with me thanks today. Thanks for having me. Folks, we'll talk to you next week.